This message is brought to you by danmolerarchive.com, the number one place to search over 2,500 Dan Moeller messages and growing. Now, please enjoy this message. So, like, if I was a betting man, I would, uh, I would say God's good. Amen. <laughs> There's a room full of people that believe it. Amen. Yeah, amen. See, this is, I, I believe church gatherings, we, I know churches, we come a lot to a lot of people, a lot of people. What I love about pastoral, and I'm listening to the leaders talk all week, and I'm going to encourage you guys in this. They're not just trying to build something that people have fun coming to and build some big thing that everybody likes to hang out. They're all about empowering you to affect your city by becoming more like Jesus, living by the Spirit and walking in life. And that's the big deal. See, there's a great marriage between coming and going. If you miss that, you'll just do church without becoming her. That's right. And you'll find your identity in where you belong instead of who you've become. Yeah. Come on. Yeah? Yeah. Come on. It, it really doesn't change anything if you just come here and celebrate the truth about the Lord and then leave and live like the way we've lived. It's all about transformation. It's all about being changed. It's all about seeing through a different eye, having a different motive in life. There's a tremendous marriage between coming and going. And a lot of a lot of us as pastors over the years have fallen into the trap of just trying to build something that's fun that people like to come to without empowering them to live more like Jesus when they leave. This is the whole reason we come. If you read Hebrews 10, it says not to forsake the gathering or assembling of yourselves together in order that you would stir one another in love and good works. We have to make sure, of course, there was a ministry time. There's times where it's time to pray and bless and see God move and meet things in our lives and minister to our lives. But the goal of our life is to be stirred in love and good works. Not just to be ministered to, but become a minister. That's right. Are you following me? Come on. Like, we got to be very careful. A lot of us come from different backgrounds. I just saw that in less than five years, you were part of the river. So you might have been other places. You heard other things. You might have listened to radio, listened to speakers. There's so many messages intended to benefit our personal lives instead of transform us as individuals. That's right. And if you're not careful, your Christianity can actually have a subtle, without being realized, self-centered motive behind it that actually allows you to be discouraged through circumstances, get overwhelmed, live in anxiety, and stay the same as you were before you had faith in Him. Yeah. True. He changes our lives. I seek ye first the kingdom of God. I don't love my own life unto death. He lives in me. Paid a price to live here. He wants to be inside of me. That's pretty incredible. Yes, it <laughs> it's not so I feel fuzzy today. <laughs> That's good. Even though I do. <laughs> it's not the purpose. The purpose is so I can be one with him and who he is can live through me and shine through me. So I can walk in the light as he's in the light. For any man, 1 John 2, that abides in him, ought to walk even as he walked. He said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. Yeah? For God so loved. As the Father sent me, so I send you. For God so loved. We always think power. We always think miracles. We always think that stuff. And we miss sometimes the heart of God. As the Father sent me, so I send you. For God so Why did he send him? How did he send him? Love. Jesus boldly stood up and said, When you've seen me, you've, seen you've already seen him. Yes. Yeah. 
He said, how can you say, show us the Father? You've seen me. You've seen him. Hebrews 1 says he's the expressed image of the Father. He's the outbrain of his brightness and his glory. It says in former days God spoke through the, through the prophets to the fathers. He spoke to the fathers through the prophets. And in these last days, he has spoken through his son. Isn't that amazing? So I'm just excited about that. So Christ in me, Christ in you, is the hope of glory. What's that mean? Glory. And he made seen, manifested, realized attribute of God is the glory of God revealed. You can do a three-day conference on glory. I understand I'm not diminishing your conferences of the word. What I'm saying is very simply the glory of God revealed, the manifest glory of God is in the attribute of who God is made known and seen. Watch, watch. The Christ in you is the hope of God being seen and known. Why? Because your and I are the body of Christ. Christ. It's not a religious term. <laughs> it means the embodiment of his anointing and his person. The embodiment of Christ. The body of Christ. Why did he give us bodies in the garden to act out what's on the inside? You know them by their fruits. There's this big war on the earth. There's a demon war against the kingdom of God. Satan had pride in his heart and tried to rise above God and sit on the highest place. God knocked him out of heaven. Boom, shouldn't have did that, right? So then he makes man in his image and gives man the privilege and the honor of subduing the earth in humility, but yet confidence because God is in him and God is with him. And God wants to cover the whole earth with his glory. So he puts himself in a man and says, hmm, there's no one comparable. I know. I'll reach into the fullness of who I am in him and bring out what's one in me and make it two. Call it woman so two can become one, multiply, and fill the earth with who I am. Amen. It's in your life. It's Genesis. He didn't make another lump of clay, clay, women. You're not here to serve the man. You're here to pursue his image and be like him. Your highest goal is not serving the man. You're not less than me. You have the same created value as me. Your value is his likeness. Come on. I found it in my Bible. I understand Eve was deceived. And I understand. But Adam followed her voice instead of him. trying to get the women to like me right now. Most of you have been here all weekend, you already do. Watch. I'm not trying to favor the women and get a shout and a squeal from the women. I'm not sure. I'd rather think I'd be on the deception side than the treason side. Yeah. She was deceived. Adam knew what he was doing. Actually, Jesus said to the Pharisees when the blind man saw at the pool of Siloam and realized that Jesus was the Lord, he said, he said, tell me, do you believe in the Son of Man after his eyes were opened and all this stuff? He said, tell me who he is so I may believe. It was after he had a big encounter with the Sanhedrin and got cast out of the temple. And he said, I don't know where he's. He said, I don't know whether 
know this. I was blind, and now I'm seeing. And they threw him out of the temple, and he bumps into Jesus, and Jesus says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He said, Tell me who he is, so I may believe. He said, It is he who you are talking with. He fell on his knees and worshiped Jesus. And he said, For this reason I came into the world, so those who that are blind can see, and those who see are made blind. The Pharisees came over. Surely we are blind. He said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty. Wow. It's in your Amazing. Mind. If you were blind, you would not be guilty. But because you say you see, your guilt remains. That's amazing. So what's the love of God want to do? Make all see. Make all see. Wow. Give you the opportunity to walk in truth. Come out like he is through his son, Jesus Christ, to make all see. Why do you think we as the church have been so at, up at arms with each other, fighting each other vehemently over theology? Missing love horribly, proving we don't know him, we just talk about him and study him. Yeah. And we pride in what we believe more than what we've become. Come on, Dan. Why? Because the whole emphasis of the enemy is to keep men deceived and keep them from seeing clear and keep them from being blind. Because when you see him as he is, you will like him. There's this big war over here. It's a demon war against the kingdom of God. And this camp over here, this demon camp, is trying to reproduce itself after its own kind. God made man to reproduce himself after his own kind. Every time you express things outside of the nature of God, Satan is sure he's winning. He doesn't believe you love God. He believes you need God. There's a difference. Oh, yeah. Amen. Every time you complain, every time you fret, every time you backslide, every time you get sullen in your heart and just compromise, every time you just hold on it, take a deep breath and say whatever, you let him win and take what is the similitude of God and pervert it into the expression of what's fallen. If you, if, you, if you accept it as natural, normal, and this is the way we are, you know, you are playing right into that lie. It wasn't this way from the beginning. God didn't make us the way we grew up. We became that way through Adam. The Christian life doesn't cost you everything like everybody preaches. All it costs you is what you never were in the first place. Amen. You give back the lie in exchange for the truth. Amen. You put off you so you can put on him. Let me make something plain because there's something going on at the river and I affirm it. So I'm not correcting you, I'm challenging you and stirring you on so the thing keeps rolling, so the rivers keep flooding. Come on. Yeah. yeah, I'm not here to set you straight. I'm here to set you on course. Come on, yeah. I'm not correcting you, I'm cheering you on. Come on. Yeah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Do I say that a lot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I love it. I'm yeah. saying that now. Yeah. 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 You too. <laughs> Just understand I'm not correcting you. I know there's tension and passion in my voice. And, uh, it's because it's so serious. It's because he shed his blood for it. But I smile. You can tell I'm not mad at you. 
telling you who you are. Telling you who you are. God made us to be something. Yes, he did. And when we study a fallen man psychologically and say this is us, we're way, way deceived. Yes, come on. When you say, well, God gave us emotions, brother, he did not give you the emotions you grew up with. That's right. Come on. Adam gave you them. They're all hinged on a self-centered wellspring. That's right. All your emotions flow out of the why behind your life. From the time you remember you were in survival mode, you were in search for identity. From tiny little, you were in search for identity. And as you got older and realized who you were and realized you were you and there was a self-consciousness starting to rise up in your life, it's right then that you needed noticed and affirmed and acknowledged and appreciated. Why? Because man has no identity when he's born. He's lost. He's separated from God. He's born into what Adam became through sin. And he needs a savior. And he needs to get born again. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we turn born again into a self-serving beneficial prayer that takes me to heaven someday. Instead of heaven coming back into me and restoring me back to the truth. The truth can make me free. Listening for what they didn't agree with, couldn't even hear what he said. Amen. 
It happened, people, and if it happened to them, it could happen to us if our hearts aren't changed. Could you picture Jesus sitting on a rock on the Mount of Olives? Peter walking out, putting his arm around him. What is it, Lord? I just don't think people appreciate it. <laughs> you know, I just try. Peter, I try. I try so hard. I just, Peter, I don't know. I just don't get I just don't know, Peter, if I want to keep doing this. I mean, I do good. I do good. I do good. They're always trying to say I'm bad. I'm not bad, Peter. <laughs> Can you picture that? No. Why? Because we know who Jesus is through the Word. Yes, come on. But if you can't picture that in Him, why can't you picture that in you? Because you're made for His image, and as He is, so are you in the world. Yes. So if you didn't learn that from Him, where did you learn it? Yes. The world. Because you have one teacher, and He's the Christ, and let no one be your teacher. Because you got one teacher, He's the Christ. And if you didn't learn that from Him, where'd you learn it? You learned it from Adam. You learned it from the fall. You learned it from hell itself. It's the wisdom of the world. It's the way that seemeth right to a man. And that's the problem. See, it seems right. And people that are hurting understand the language. Yep. So that people that are hurt gravitate to people that are hurting and understand their pain. And the highest grace they receive is sympathy and the fact that somebody seems to care and they feel like they're worthless. Wow. That's not ministry. That's deception. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah? Yep. Oh, I do say that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't want this blur to me, buddy. You ought to feel what it feels like standing here. And God bum rushing you. From the inside. I'm serious. You can tell I didn't study for this sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Amen. 
Yeah? yeah. We turned it into a beneficial blessing. Gospel survival kit. Help me make it to the end. Make my life smooth. That's rubbish. That has nothing to do with why you're a Christian. You're not a Christian for your circumstances to go on. You're a Christian to shine in the face of life. You're a Christian to shine, never bow to Nebuchadnezzar. And if he turns the furnace seven times hotter, it ain't even your issue. What you believe is your issue. And that's when the fourth man steps in, doesn't even put out the fire. He just lets the fire not touch you. And all of a sudden, people can't even tell you you've been through a fire. Except that trace of passion that's in you. We're praying against fire, and we think that's faith. That's fear. Why? Because you know the fire will shake you. We're praying against adversity. Why? It's fear. We haven't surrendered. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Why? Because he gave you an eye that walks through it and comes out unscathed. Wow. Do you see passion in me? Yes. Yeah? Do you think it's just because my seas are glassy and I'm walking above the clouds? No. no, it's because I had my own Shadrach and Meshach story. I had my own trials. I had my own stuff my whole Christian life. And he is in fact Lord. And he means business and he is good. Yeah? yeah? Everybody has somebody doing wrong along the way. So why are you living as if you're done wrong? Why don't you live as if you've been done right? Yeah. Why didn't you let what he said matter more than what they said? Why didn't you let what he did matter more than what they did? Don't be a Christian to get things your way. This isn't a Burger King commercial. This is life <laughs> transformed. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Dan. I like Burger King, by the way. I eat yeah. it once every four months, and I love it. <laughs> Don't pray for me, I'm okay. No <laughs> water. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shut up. Burger King, have it your way in five minutes. Microwave, push button. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> That's true. It's not having your way. It's your way. It's having his way. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's yeah. your kingdom come. It's your will be done. On earth. As it is. In heaven. And we've done some great teaching on that prayer. And we say, well, there's no cancer in heaven. So no cancer should be permitted on earth, and what's bound in heaven is bound and loose and loose. So it gives us faith to pray for cancer because it's not in heaven. I get it, it's totally right. But why do we always interpret scripture for the power of God? And why do we miss the heart of God? There's no animosity in heaven. There's no willfulness. There's no despair. There's no hopelessness. Yeah. There's no confrontation. Animosity. Wow. There's no bickering, backbiting. There's no unforgiveness. Amen. In heaven. Your will be done on earth. When you say it's not possible, you just mark yourself in unbelief. Wow. Because the Spirit of God is in you, and grace is able, and God has called you to new life. 
God has called you to not be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So you can prove that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. What is transformed by the renewing of your mind? Study the phrase, thinking like you've never thought before. Where do I get new thoughts from new life? Where do I get new thoughts from the web? Wow. That's right, yeah. Christianity is designed to change your motive and the why behind your life, change your reason for being, to get you out of bed in the morning for a whole different reason than you did before you knew them. You're not getting out of bed for blessing. You're not getting out of bed for provision. You're not getting out of bed for protection. You're getting out of bed to shine. Because if all those other things matter more, it will turn off the light. And you'll be decided by how it unfolds instead of who he is in you. And then life is speaking louder than truth and you're letting things matter more that don't matter most. And scripturally it's called idolatry even though it's not intentional. <laughs> and all of a sudden we let what one man said dictate two weeks, a month, six months of our life. What one person did we let dictate a year, two, three of life. And the trouble is their name isn't Jesus. And we say, I can do it better if. But if isn't Lord, so why is it governing your life? Why are you letting it be supreme and rule your disposition when you're called to shine? Oh, I'm preaching so good in your church. I feel it. Brings life, man. I'm ready to get baptized all over again. <laughs> so double dip. <laughs> you know, I baptized myself. You know, I had a legalistic fellow come on a basketball court, hand tracked me and my kids. My kids have a daddy finally. We got Jesus in our home. I've been saved for almost two years. And he hands me to park the car two the time and hand me a track. And I thought, that is awesome. I said, dude, you drove over to park, don't even know what you really believe. The coach boy care about me to hand this track to me. That's amazing. I know. He said, well, it's important that all men are saved. I said, sir, I got saved two years ago, man. I said, it's been amazing. Kids got a daddy. Now we're down here to park before Jesus. I've never been down here like this with them. He said, so you got saved? I said, yeah. He said, were you baptized? I said, yeah, yeah, actually, in the name of Jesus or Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? No, no, no. That was a true story. I said, well, actually, I don't even remember. I said, I actually haven't told anybody this. I baptized myself. I said, I got saved, and I was in water, and it was so personal, it was into me, the Holy Spirit seemed to really enjoy it. Because I was like a child in faith, and I was sitting in the water, and I talked to the Lord from my heart, and I went under, and when it came up, it was amazing. He was there and he held me. He said, sir, you're not even born again. Wow. And I said, are you joking? Are you kidding? No, you're not born again. If you didn't baptize in the name of Jesus, you're not even born again. I said, oh my goodness, sir, you are serious. I said, sir, you're a very deceived man. I thought you were doing something good. You're doing something absolutely terrible. Please throw away your tracks. Don't park and hand them out to anybody. Please get straight in your heart. My life's changed. Ask my children. I'm born again. The Spirit of God lives in me. And you're here in a legalistic way because of the technicality. Judging my heart, you have no clue what you're talking about, which means you don't walk very close with him. Yeah. Please don't hand out tracks to anybody else until you get a grip on your life. Wow. Bless you. Love you. Come on, kids. <laughs> <laughs>
is so sad what we've all done in the name of the Lord. Yeah, it is. And how we rip each other up. Dream crushers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm going through an airport. See, I'm not telling these stories because they're so ugly and sad. I'm saying don't you ever let your heart slip into an ounce of this arena. I'm going for an airport and I'm rushing because the pastor said, oh, I know my town, I know my airport, we'll be fine. There's no line, it's a small town. And I'm like, pastor, we're cutting it way too close. I'm not comfortable with this. I fly all the time and I've had probably 18, 20 pastors do this to me and it's not worked out well and I've decided I'm not going to let it happen again. And, and he said, I'm telling you, we're cool, relax, man. I said, it's not that I need to relax, just get me to the airport. And I said, because I'm on the last flight and if I miss it, then I stay overnight. And I'd rather just get home. And he said, we're good, we're good. So we finally leave this restaurant. Everybody's hugging goodbye and wants pictures at the door. The time's just a ticket. And I get to the airport and I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. He said, nobody will be in security. I run up the stairs and I look and they're lined up for 80, 100 yards. It was a couple trips, busloads of kids, there was something going on and all the flights are full. And I'm way back in this line and I'm like, oh my. And I had to cut through and I saw these people going around this pool and I thought, why aren't they just cutting right over here to security? Why are they going around? Well, I cut through and I walked onto this red carpet. I looked up and there's two people with a big Jesus sign and it said, Jesus saves. And they're standing there with literature. I'm not being mean, I'm just being relatable. I looked at the lady, she looked like she needed serious ministry. I'm, I'm just talking, I'm just talking, she looked like she was in trouble. She, she was, her eyes, they were, they, she just flew without, she didn't sleep for a week, she looked super depressed, she looked like she was medicated, and she, and she was just, just didn't look happy. The guy's just kind of stoic and stern, and he's holding up a sign or something. And I cut by and I read the sign and I looked at him and I went, oh my goodness, guys. You're ministering Jesus right in the foyer there. I was wondering why everybody was going the other way. <laughs> I said, well, bless you guys. I said, man, and she said, here, he said, here. Uh, it's just important every man gets saved. And I said, no, I appreciate it. I was just preaching Jesus over in this town and I'm trying to get on my flights. So I don't have time. I've got to run. But God bless you for what you do. I'll, I just had an amazing week, and I can't really talk to you about it, but bless you. You were preaching Jesus this weekend? I said, yeah, I do every weekend. I'm somewhere every weekend. I'm, it's really a blessing. What were you preaching? And I'm like, well, I sure can't repeat my five sessions. I don't know what to tell him. So I just started to share, and he said, let me ask you a question, sir. Do you believe you can lose your salvation? And I said, man, that question, that coming. I said, listen. I said, I don't know why I'd ever walk away from him. The scriptures are clear. People can walk away. I don't know how that all works theologically. But I think we came up with a question because people backslide. That's just front slide. It's yeah. just slide home. Like, I, 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 I said, honestly, the scriptures clear to me that people can walk away. I don't know why you would. I don't understand it. He said, oh, so you have prohibition, not salvation. That was his punishment. And he's stoic and he's undesirable in the flesh. So you have prohibition, not salvation. I said, sir, I see where you're heading and I'm sad for you. I thought you guys were doing a good thing. What you're doing is tragedy. Guys, it's tragedy. Pack up your booth, go home, spend time in prayer. Oh my goodness, you're hurting my heart. You're gonna make me cry on my flight. 
And he said, he said, no, you need to get born again. And I said, sir, you need to get a grip and pull back and understand Jesus. You are so misrepresenting them. Your wife even looks like she needs ministry. I wish I could spend time and help. There's nothing about your lives that is inviting and invites me to Jesus at all. Thank you. He's inside of me. I hurt for you guys. You need to born again. Me point. I said, I started to cry. I said, I gotta catch my flight. Oh my goodness, Jehovah, Jehovah. And they're sure, they're sure they're doing the Lord's will. No. Telling me I'm not saved. And they're out there telling people they're trying to get people saved. So the ones that say they're saved, they're telling them why they're not. Wow. straight shooter and I will talk really straight with people. The worst you can do is play well, the worst you can do is shoot me. And then I'm not going to die, so we're good. It's just, it's, we're just good. No, we're good. I'm done with survival. I already won. I'm in him. I'll never die. I'll never be separated from him. My goodness, I ain't expecting the plane to crash, but you know what? If it does, I'll be singing hallelujah on the way to the ground, just trusting that I'll pass through the flames and keep on preaching the gospel. Or I might wake up in his arms. It just doesn't matter at this point. I die. Do you get it? So I'm never going to die again. I already died. Never going to die again. I'm down south, and these policemen surround me in a conference. Big pastor conference. I'm preaching to hundreds of pastors, and they surround me in plain clothes. And I thought, this is strange. Last night, I said, hmm. Since he said, I'm officer so and so, sir. I said, yeah. What's going on? I said, he said, they're all officers. I said, why? Well, there's some threats. Somebody doesn't like what you're saying. Somebody doesn't agree. And we have strong belief to think that your life is in danger, and we're here to protect you and make sure you get out of here safe. <laughs> I said, buddy, I honor you so much. I can find you in a book of Romans. You're the will of God, and what you're doing is amazing. Keep protecting society and do your thing. But this is the wrong time, wrong place, wrong situation. You're not, you're not doing anything about it. You're going to disfuse all this and tell your guys to back out. He said, I strongly disagree. We're here to protect you. I said, no, no, no. If somebody's saying they're going to kill me, we need to let it play out. Let's see if they can. I don't think they can, but let's see if they can. Because the truth is, it's intimidation. And if I submit to it, I'll have to fight it and run from it the rest of my life. So let's just face it and get it over. So I don't want anybody shadowing me. I don't want anybody over my shoulder. And I want this to end like any other conference. I'm going to just make myself available and I'm going to be the last one to leave the parking lot. I'm going to drive my car they gave me to the hotel they gave me. And nobody's wrong with me because I'm covered. Amen. That's what we did. And you see, I made it through. Yeah. I was in the state of Washington and I was at a bus stop. A couple people were with me. We walked up to a big public bus stop. It's easier to ride buses in big cities out there like Seattle and places. You can't get around. The bus stops are huge. There's 70 people standing waiting to get on the bus. The timer's there when the bus is pulled up. We got like seven minutes till the bus shows up. Oh, oh. So we just walk up and lift our voice. Excuse us, hey guys! Since nobody's going anywhere for seven minutes, can you just give me your attention? 
They're like, what are they selling? What gimmick is this? What gig is this? Listen, please, don't read into what I'm saying. Hear my heart. Don't shut me down. Don't judge me or get results. Just give me just a few minutes to share my heart. And they're all like, what's he up to? And I started, it came up in my spirit, I started to apologize on behalf of the church for building buildings on every street corner because we can't agree. Wow. Fighting against each other theologically and expecting you to come to where we are. Forgive us. But we're here now. Yeah. And we want to pray for you. And we want to bless you. People are rolling their eyes and getting cynical. I said, please, young man, please be careful. Don't get cynical. I'm here my heart. And the Lord, who's ever read the Bible where it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon someone? Yeah. Giftings are very real. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me in a supernatural way where I didn't even have to have faith for this. I just lifted my voice. It's not always like this. God wants you to lift your voice at times. God wants you to step out of faith. I've done things in total raw faith and God went, bam. This was different. I'm being honest. He just, there was, it, was, it was a no-brainer to me. I said, I need somebody with a visual, physical ailment to step out so we can pray and God will heal you in front of all. Wow. So you don't know what's going to step out. And this little girl came out, she's 30 years old, 27 years ago, at age three, she was in a vehicular accident, got her body mangled, and she never healed. And she came out with a circle like this. And she said, you mean there's hope for me? Aww. And I cried, and I said, hope for you? I mean, that's just right. I said, we're gonna pray, she said, but I, I, I'm very crippled, I can't bend. I was in the car, I said, I get it, let's just pray. Took her hands and prayed. And everybody's just like, whoa, because now they're like, oh, this guy's gonna look like a fool in about 12 seconds, or I'm gonna be freaked out. <laughs> so I'm gonna hang around and watch, because I can't go nowhere for four more minutes anyway. <laughs> pray for is the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. Pray for her, and she opens her eyes and looks at you, and she's this meek little thing. And you smile real big and you say, I want you to bend over and touch your toes for me. She looked at me like, sir, I just told you I can't bend. I said, honey, that was before we prayed. I understand what you're thinking right now. Just please begin to bend over and touch your toes, nice and slow. She went, exactly what she did, 70 people watching. touched by the Lord, lift your hand right now. 
the 70 people are like, <laughs> I, I have my little team of four. Oh, get him, guys. If you enjoyed this message, please visit danmolerarchive.com to find over 2,500 more messages from Dan, all organized by category, playlist, and search. Enjoy.